Hello everyone, welcome to Monster Movie Funtime Go. I am one of your hosts, Precious D. And I am one of your hosts, Honey Bee. Today we're taking a look at the 1959 movie, The Giant Gila Monster. Ooh! <laughs> it is uh, in black and white, although there is a colored in version. 75 minutes, directed by Ray Kellogg. Produced by Gordon McClendon, who we will discuss in a moment. The budget, I'm seeing conflicting stuff, but according to an old Variety article, it was budgeted at 300000 but actually came in at 138000 so they didn't spend the whole budget. The featured monster is a giant Gila monster who is about 50 feet long. The Gila monster is played by a Mexican beaded lizard, not a Gila monster. Uh, apparently they are actually, they're the same uh, category. They're part of the same species or they're similar species. Uh, they're related. Okay. But the Mexican beaded lizard is actually a little bit larger than the Gila monster. Oh, yeah. It just looks like a pet lizard. Yeah. Someone's pet lizard. They run between uh, two and three feet long. Okay. So it may have actually looked smaller than it is in the movie, even though it was on a little toy set to make it look giant. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they. It's be, hard to make something that's so close to the ground look yeah, <laughs> very <yeah>. big. <laughs> it's a little stumpy leg. <laughs> the Mexican beaded lizard and the Gila monster are two... The two only venomous lizards in uh, in North and South America. I think there's some in other parts of the world, but in our part of the world, they're the only two venomous lizards. Ooh. According to Death Wiki, the death count is 47. Damn. I don't know how they could how how they arrived at that number, and that's also counting the uh, the the creature. But they were they were counting uh, Chase's father, who dies before the movie begins. So weird. They're also counting Mrs. Blankwell, and she does not clearly does not get killed. But there's no way to know. There's no way to know how many people died on the train. True. Yeah. But anyway, there the thing kills a fair amount of people because. It seems seemed to have eaten a lot of. It wrecks a train and then may have eaten a number of people on the train. I have a possible Wilhelm count of one. Oh yeah, did you have any Wilhelms? I did not, but I heard one. I didn't look it up to confirm, but I heard a scream that sounded like an actual Wilhelm scream to me. And I'm going to give it a racism factor of one because non-white people do not exist. Uh-huh. I haven't quite worked out what our sexism scale is yet, but everybody in this movie is pretty firmly in their gender roles. Mm-hmm. And there's a part where Chase is being a little bit 
sexist, a little overprotective, but the girl in the scene just goes ahead and does the thing anyway. So maybe the movie's not, maybe he's more sexist than the movie itself is. Yeah. I think also the whole rest of the movie chases such a great guy. And just that one moment where he has the like, Hey woman, I think he's really just like frazzled and he is under a lot of stress. He's under a lot of stress at that moment. So yeah, (laughs) we can, we can maybe cut him a little slack. Uh, Don Sullivan plays chase Winstead. Lisa Simone plays Lisa, and she's very interesting. Lisa's the French girl, right? The French girl, yes. Yes, Chase's girlfriend, the French girl. She was the French contestant for Miss Universe. IRL? Yes, in real life. Uh, A year or two before this movie was made. She she was 1957. Get it, bitch. She may or may not have been Miss France. Uh, she was Miss Cinnamond. The article I read, something said she was Miss France. Something said, well, there wasn't technically a title called Miss France, but she was, she had won some kind of beauty pageant and was France's entry into Miss Universe that year. Wow. So for all practical purposes, she was Miss France. And then she came to America to try to have a movie career and had a minor movie career. Was this one of the first ones? Yes, she was nice. in some some sci-fi missile to the moon, I think. But I think she just plays, you know, Moon Maiden number five or something like that. <laughs> I haven't seen that one. Moon Maiden number five. <laughs> yeah, she's not the lead. She's not the female lead like right. she is in this movie. Uh, this movie was remade in 2012. What? The remake is just called Gila! Exclamation point. What? How do I not know this? Is it horrible? It is. I haven't watched the whole thing. I started oh watching it the gosh. other day. I'll probably finish it. It is actually a much worse movie <laughs> with arguably Damn worse it. special effects. Wow. What? Yeah. Damn. I'm going to have to. 2012 is too far away for us in the podcast. Like, I'm going to yeah. have to watch this <laughs> one a little early. Yeah. You could go ahead and watch it now, but we will eventually cover it when we get to it. Right. Fred Graham is Sheriff Jeff, and Shug Fisher is Old Man Harris, and then nobody else in this movie is anybody that anyone ever would have heard of. <laughs> Honeybee, what is your general impression of this movie before we get into the details of the plot? Um, I actually didn't mind this movie. I thought it was a lot of weird things happening in this movie, like a lot of yeah. strange things that would make me go, what exactly? <laughs> um, But yeah, I mean... I liked that it was colored in. I enjoyed that. And I, besides the monster being somebody's pet lizard walking around in sand and fake trees, the story was good. Like the storyline. I liked the characters. They were likable. The sheriff was a nice dude. The uh, the kid, the main character, Chase, he was a really nice dude. Um, the friends were all cool. I thought it was just a nice you know, white collar, here we are, la, 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 this is a nice little town, and we are nice people, and it was yeah. just very, like, Mr. Rogers' neighborhood. Um, <laughs> I thought there was some weird things, like, they had, they mentioned at some point in the movie that there have been giants before, <laughs> something about a giant baby, so I thought it was kind of, I like, know. it was a very strange universe yeah, some... where... What's that? 
Yeah, there's. I was gonna say there's some bullshit in here, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's some weird, like it kind of seemed like unnecessary shit that they throw in. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I mean, altogether, I would say it was an all right film. It was good, whatever. What about I you? really like this movie much more, I think, than it deserves. Oh, really? <laughs> I do. I. The, it's good. I don't, it was good. Yeah. I mean, it. I feel like it's a bit of a stretch to to claim that it's actually a good movie, but it is an enjoyable yeah. movie. I enjoy this movie. It's it does just have yes, they're likable characters that you don't yeah. mind spending some time with. Mm-hmm. And oh no, there's a giant lizard <laughs> that's gonna try to kill them. <laughs> and there's uh some some rather quite nice stuff in here yeah totally it was a very good like good good considering the movies that we have watched i would say this is a good movie if you were saying like it's a good movie in comparison to your favorite movies then i mean like man no No, it's not casablanca no it's (laughs) but in comparison to the movies we watched hell Yeah. yeah this is definitely up there you mentioned it was colored in folks if you're gonna watch this movie now normally i'm not a big fan of colorized movies but the thing with this one is it's in the public domain, so you can find it everywhere. And the quality of the prints that you will find vary greatly. But the, the colorized version has also been restored. So Yeah, it looked great. I, yeah, I recommend watching that one just for the fact that it's going to be probably the best print that you're going to find. Yeah. Is the does Mystery Science Theater did they use this uh the colored in? No. No, no. They, oh, okay. Yeah, it is featured on an episode of Mystery Science Theater. They're using a black and white version. Okay. okay. I think that colored I don't know exactly what year, but I think the colored version came out after that episode was made. Oh. So yeah, because it's in the public domain, anybody can just get a copy of this and put it on a DVD or on their streaming service or or whatever. Mm-hmm. But at some point some company decided to clean it up and color it in and put it out on DVD and that appears to be the version that is available on Tubi. Woo, thank you Tubi. But other streaming services are going to have the black and white version internet archive has a black and white version there's several different youtube channels that have different uh versions so yeah watch the colored one if you watch it's on tubi it's free it's on tubi and it's free so watch that Three ninety nine, baby it seems to me that they they were trying to turn don sullivan into a, a new elvis with this movie yeah <laughs> yeah. Love Me Tender came out in 1956. Oh, okay, so yeah, it's just like, what, three, three years, years before, later? and and Elvis started making movies, right? More movies immediately, so he'd already been in like three or four things before this movie came out. So there's folks, if you haven't seen it, there's some music in this movie, most of which LOL. is performed by by uh, Don <laughs> Sullivan. Well, it also has some of the generic rock dance music that plays on the radio instrumentals with no lyrics oh i wanted to talk about the producer the the producer gordon mcclendon this was filmed in the dallas area back to back with the killer shrews and the producer gordon mcclendon owns owned a chain of drive-in theaters 
Oh. So he was producing his own movies to show in his own theaters. <laughs> Cut out the middleman. There you go. Just make the movie yourself. <laughs> Hell and yeah. those two movies were made at the same time and then shown as a double feature and actually got national release. Yeah, wow. they were released around the country, not just in the South or just in Texas. Wow. But this guy, Gordon okay. McClendon, he, he's fascinating. Uh, he ha- was a radio pioneer, may have been the first person to broadcast baseball games live on the radio. Oh, shit. And at one point, people be, were speculating in 1963 or 4 that he was involved in the Kennedy assassination. Oh, shit. <laughs> I'm not going to put any credit into that theory, but he did know a number of the people involved. And Jack Jack Ruby was an admirer of his. And so you <laughs> feel free to look him, uh, look him up. At your leisure. But that guy had a lot going on in his life, in addition to being one of the producers of this movie. Damn, this this guy is kind of a big fucking deal. <laughs> yeah. So, folks, feel free to look him up at your leisure. <laughs> wow. Uh, get into it, yeah. Okay. So, let's get into the movie itself. It begins with shots of the desert the Texas desert and a narrator who tells us in the enormity of the West, there are still vast and virtually unexplored regions, bleak (laughs) and desolate where no human ever goes and no life is ever seen. That's bullshit right there. It is as though the land had been posted by God. I think he means God posted a no trespassing sign. I think is what he means. (laughs) It is in these lonely areas of impenetrable forest and dark shadows that the Gila monster still lives. How large the dreaded Gila monster grows, no man can say. Cue music Uh, that does not fit here whatsoever. (laughs) Uh, But the reason I said that's bullshit is because there's life everywhere. Yeah. Even in the de- even in the desert, there's life all over the place. Just... Oh hell yeah! So in the desert, the life is trying to kill you. <laughs> yeah, there may not be a whole lot of human life in certain areas, but there's things living there. Totally. Uh, yeah, there's music and a couple in a car who don't even get the time to start making out. <laughs> They're just kind of touching cheeks, maybe about to begin to make out. <laughs> When, they are just touching wham. <laughs> But this, uh, you can mark that on your bingo card, though. Couple in a car. Touching cheeks. <laughs> we will assume that their intention is to make out, but bam, big old Gila monster foot comes down and smacks them and <laughs> knocks them down the hill. And that's where the Wilhelm scream may or may not have happened just right off the bat. Just getting right right in there. First few minutes, we see a foot. We get our first screen. We get some weird freaking music. I'm into it. I'm into it so far. Yep. There's uh, what sounds like a theremin in the uh, credit music. And it tells us that special songs by Don Sullivan. <laughs> and then after the credits, we cut to some teens dancing in a very small diner. 
Yeah, I wrote dancing in apartment made to look like a diner question mark. <laughs> it even looks carpeted. <laughs> it might be. Yeah, I this does not appear to be an actual diner that they were shooting on location at. It's something that's been made up to It look looks like someone's like apartment. A diner. It's very Could be small. an apartment, could be an could be one of uh what's his name? Gordon McClendon's uh little offices in a building somewhere. <laughs> Oh, yeah, like in his, uh, what is it? What was it? A drive, drive up, drive in, drive in. office. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, a little back room in one of the radio stations he owned. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, uh, then a couple of kids, somebody goes, Oh, here comes Gordy and Jenny or Jeannie. I think they pronounce her name a couple of different ways throughout the film. A couple of teenagers drive up. The passenger door on Gordy's car does not appear to work. <laughs> they, <laughs> It's a convertible. It's an open. It's not even a convertible. I don't think there is a roof. Uh, the, these kids are mostly driving very old cars that they have converted into hot rods. Yeah, they've kind of like Frankenstein these cars into. <laughs> this is in 1959, but they're all driving cars from like the 30s and 40s that they mm -hmm. uh, try, attempted to soup up. <laughs> Uh, but Gordy gets out and walks around and picks up Jeannie and lifts her out of the car because it appears that her door will not open. He does this several times in the movie, too. Anytime he's going to put her in the car, he just lifts, just yeah. picks her up. And La her later, he put, later, he puts her in the car from his side. He opens his door and lifts her up and <laughs> pushes her across the seat. Yeah. From his side. Uh, he may just also be trying to show off and maybe she enjoys it. Who knows? <laughs> But they come in, and these teens are aggressively teenagers. Yes, they are. Thank, I was like, yay, they actually look like teenagers. Well, I don't just mean that, in that they're age-appropriate, but their slang is just out of control. Oh my gosh, do tell. <laughs> Very heavy on the, on the slang. <laughs> Give me an example. Oh, uh, like they're what? Where are you know the two dead kids that they don't know are dead yet? And somebody says, "Oh, they're probably just spooking around." Yeah, <laughs> which is I'm like, what? Which is odd because the guy who runs the diner's name is Spook, apparently, which is an just an nope. odd nickname. But they all go, "Hello, Spook." Uh, another couple arrive. Chase and Lisa are leading breeding pair. <laughs> And they discuss how Pat and Liz are not here, which one of the nameless guys says they're probably out spooking around somewhere. <laughs> Lisa, as we mentioned, is French and apparently Me. works for Mr. Wheeler. She gives us some exposition explaining why they're late, because Mr. Wheeler wanted to smoke two cigars after dinner. And Pat did not come home, and which is why he was probably upset. And then old man Harris drives up. And his little clunker. Yes, played by Shug Fisher. And all the kids covet his car, a 1932 Deuce Coupe. Deuce. Which would be perfect to convert into a bomb. That's another another little teenage slang out there. When to convert his car into a bomb. And so when he comes in, they start trying to buy his car right away. And he says, buying a car is like getting married or going to New York City. Mm -hmm. Everybody should do it once, but nobody should do it twice. Dang. <laughs> and he paid $695 for that car back in 32. Ten years later, it was worth nothing. 
<laughs> Last month, some guy, some feller, offered me a hundred bucks for it. When it gets back up to six ninety five, I'll sell it. And everyone's like, "Ah, six ninety five, you crazy old bat!" <laughs> and then he says, "Give me one of them there sodi pops," as if it's some bizarre, weird thing that he's just now heard of. I don't. But know he doesn't say, that... "Give me one of those." He says, "Give me a snort." Of give me a snort of give one me, of them there sodi. Give pops. me a snort of one of them there sodi pops. I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, but I didn't see anything to imply that either he or Spook were, you know, pouring a little something extra in the soda pop. Yeah, because we do see him drinking alcohol later. <laughs> he he is a drunk, and they all talk about how they're going to the drive-in which I don't think is accidental because the drive-in owner produced this movie to be shown in his drive-ins. <laughs> so while you were at the drive-in watching this movie, they were advertising the idea of going to a drive-in. Yeah, um, Chase says something <laughs> here too. Maybe this is a slang because I didn't understand he says that he was driving barefoot. Right. I, I actually watched this movie twice because when I watched it once, I just watched it. And then I went back and watched it later and made all the notes. And the first time I watched it, I thought, he was talking literally. So one, as they're leaving, one of the other kids, I think Gordy, says, mm-hmm. uh, hey, if the if the road's clear, I'll drag you over to the drive-in. And he says, I can't drag. They're talking about drag racing. Uh, I can't drag. I'm driving barefoot. Mm-hmm. And the first time I saw it, I thought he literally meant I'm driving barefoot and I can't drive fast when I'm driving barefoot. That's not <laughs> what he meant. <laughs> he meant that the rubber on his tires is worn down. Uh- because then the guy says, the guy says, uh, are you still driving on that old rubber? But also he, it becomes a plot point later that his tires are no good. Mm-hmm. So when I watched it the second time, I realized, oh, he's talking about the, the bare tires. But yeah, there's a lot of stuff like that. Like uh, later the sheriff has a flat and he mm-hmm. says, uh, you've got a sore foot. Sore foot, yeah. And there's just lots of stuff like that where they just don't say anything the normal way if there's a slang way to say it <laughs> yeah i there's this part too where um mr harris gets up like it's kind of the end of the scene he's like i'm driving barefoot and then they like walk out and mr harris mm-hmm. gets up it's like the scene is going to black like fading to black and he just gets up and leaves and it made me think of when you do a show with kids and you're like, okay, nobody move until the blackout. But there's that one fucking kid who just doesn't yeah. fucking get it. You know what I'm talking about. And I just, yeah. it was so funny because I just kept thinking like, this guy, like, okay, uh, Mr. Harris, please don't move until the blackout. <laughs> he was like a note, you know, because he just, it was so random. The scene is ending. He just got there. He hasn't even finished his soda. It doesn't really make right. sense for him to get up and leave. So it was just so funny. I was like, oh, no, wait, Mr. Harris, wait till the blackout, please. Can we take that back? Well, that's odd because because Shug Fisher actually is a professional who's been in a lot of movies before this one and in a lot after this one. He actually has a career. Nice. I'll talk about him more later. Uh, but it, uh, Chase offers him uh, 150 on the way out, and he's like, uh, he says some. He says some weird slang thing. I yeah. can't remember now what it was. And then he's and then he's like, a, "Who does he think he's talking to, kids?" Yeah. Uh, but then the the next scene, the sheriff is arriving at what we find out is uh, Wheeler's house, Pat's mm-hmm. father. And I guess uh, Wheeler summoned him over there. Wheeler apparently is the local rich guy 
and the the douche nozzle of our story. Yes, yes. Although everybody's pretty likable in this movie, so even he by the end of the film. Yeah, and he's also usually right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when he's being a shit, like he's usually it has a shitty attitude, but you can't argue with him because he's mostly right. <laughs> yeah. But uh Pat and Liz did not come home last last night. I want you to find out why. And the sheriff it's like, uh, how old's uh, Pat now? He's 19. He's like, oh, it's a year older than I was when I eloped. <laughs> and uh, he's like, wait, what? You think they got married? What? And he says, I'll put an APB out on them and the car. But yeah, Wheeler's concerned that maybe they've run or the sheriff thinks they may maybe they ran off together to get married. Uh, Wheeler's pissed at that idea, but the sheriff's like, well, if they didn't come home, if they spent the night together, you know, getting up to hanky panky, you better hope wow, that they got wow, married. Wow, 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 wow. <laughs> and Wheeler tries to blame Chase for mm-hmm. being a bad influence, and the sheriff shuts that shit down. The yeah, he does. Chase basically says, Chase is a good kid, and your son is the shithead. Yeah. And he has he supported his mother and sister since his father died on one of your rigs. Oh, you motherfucker. Damn. And he's done more to slow those kids down because apparently these kids are always drag racing. And the sheriff mm-hmm. has got Chase to convince them to cut it out. Yeah. At least to slow down. So it's if if God forbid your dumbass son died in a car wreck or something, it's not Chase's fault. Yeah. They'll, people will mention later that uh, we couldn't get him to slow down. It turns out it's not his fault at all. Giant Gila monsters killed him. <laughs> but then yeah. Wheeler threatens him. He says, I'll have your job. That's not how sheriffs work. He's not the chief of police. He is the sheriff. And in most places, you gotta vote. sheriffs are elected. Yeah. And I, I, there may be a few communities in the country where mm-hmm. sheriffs are just hired, but I'm pretty sure everywhere in Texas they're elected. And in most places they are elected. You can't yeah. just fire the sheriff. You've got to have somebody run against him. Right. But Wheeler continually throughout the movie acts like he is the person that hired the sheriff and mm-hmm. he can fire the sheriff. Yeah, but sheriff don't give a just... shit. He tells Mr. Wheeler what is. He tells him that Chase yeah. is a badass. And he ain't, yeah. yeah, and he's, I, I love the sheriff. I really liked, I thought that the sheriff was so good. He's one of our first yeah. sheriffs that we've seen that's not a corrupt piece of shit in these movies, oddly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there was another one I can't remember now, but there was another one that was that was okay, I think. But yeah, a lot of them are just assholes. I mean, the guy in the uh, Earth versus the Spider was a useless piece of shit. Yeah, they're either, sometimes they're not like maybe corrupt as they just aren't they don't really do much or they're not really usually the good guys or the heroes but i really love the sheriff i thought that he he was just awesome there were times throughout the movie where i felt like he was doing the right thing morally or sticking up for the right you know the right side so i really love this guy especially (laughs) in the scene where he where he stands up for chase and is like hey man yes shit on you shut up these kids are kids and he also makes another comment later about uh i think someone's like apologizing to him for having to deal with kids and he's like it's never work when you're dealing with kids you know he that happens in just a moment when he goes to talk to the other kids liz's parents yeah 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 that's right Uh, but he tells him so but he has the proper attitude that that he's there to serve the public and help people he's not in an antagonistic relationship with 
the public. Yeah. <laughs> he's not at he's not at war with the public. Yeah. Yeah. But he says if you want to be the only peace officer in 10,000 square miles and 1,000 mile, miles of road, then you can you're welcome to it. Yeah, eat a dick, Mr. Wheeler. Right. But this tells us that our main characters are all not really living in a proper city. They're living in a county outside of the city. Mm-hmm. They do all seem to be kind of in the middle of nowhere. And they talk about going to the city, but this implies they don't actually live in the city. Yeah. And then the sheriff goes to talk to Chase to see if he knows anything. Because Chase, oh, well, Wheeler mentions that Chase is a little bit older than mm-hmm. the other kids. Mm-hmm. And that therefore he has an influence on them. But he has a good influence, not a bad influence on them. Yeah. He goes to talk to Chase and Chase is noticing the sheriff has a new car. He's like, well, it's new for me. I got it. The county bought it from the state. Those state guys get new cars every damn year. <laughs> and he offers to tune it tune it up for him to make it go faster. And uh, they have some banter about how the sheriff's always, you know, chasing them around for speeding and stuff. And he Chase says, outside of, now come on, outside of Pat Wheeler, our gang hasn't had a ticket in eight months, which tells us that Pat, the kid who's missing, he's the one that's still speeding, but the rest oh. of them have... Have calmed down. Mm-hmm. Or at least not gotten caught. Yes, because one of them did just try to drag race Chase. Yeah. Uh, the the sheriff says we'll make a deal. So apparently he will let Chase at some point uh, mm. fix up to have his car for a day or two to fix it up. And the uh, sheriff asks him if Pat and Liz were in any trouble. Does this Is this a pregnancy thing? Yes. Okay, I wasn't sure. Yes, that would have been a euphemism at the time. To say okay. that somebody was in trouble. Yeah, I couldn't. I was like, is it? Because what else? I was like, what else could it be? What else could he be asking? And then with the eloping, maybe that's the yes, he, quote unquote trouble. At, at first, Chase is like, oh, what, trouble? What do you mean? And the sheriff's like, you know what I mean. You know what like, I mean. Oh, <laughs> oh, that kind of trouble. Yes, absolutely. At the time, the term trouble could be a euphemism for uh, pregnant out of wedlock. Damn. But Chase doesn't think Chase is pretty sure that he that they would have told him if they were having that kind of trouble and they haven't. And he's pretty sure that's not the problem. And he's pretty sure that they haven't eloped. Sheriff wants to know, well, did he have any money set aside? Yeah, he was planning to use it on his car. Mm -hmm. Throughout this movie, these guys are trying to figure out what's going on. Yeah. With no idea. And why would you? Have right. any idea that a I giant can't... lizard is responsible for all the bad shit that's happening. Yeah, I kind of loved that about this movie about how a lot like they weren't just panicked that these people were gone and they hadn't come home. It, it just kind of was a normal thing. There aren't cell phones. There aren't, you know, there's not social media for them to post on. It wasn't unlike right. anyone to just go missing for a few days and then you know it, it just seemed <laughs> they very do seem, normal yes they seem awfully low-key about it yeah because, which i appreciated uh, i thought was good well yeah i guess their first thought well also nobody wants to just assume because if they if they didn't run off together then they must be dead yeah and nobody wants to jump not necessarily dead from a giant lizard but <laughs> you know they could have had a car wreck or they could have had a car yeah. wreck or something <laughs> Yeah, well, it just seemed really could have been could have been murdered by a hobo. 
<laughs> yeah. But they don't want to jump to that conclusion. So they're just going to assume something else must yeah, be Yeah, they're going to assume cause... that they're pregnant. They're out boinking <laughs> and getting married like normal 19-year-olds in 1959. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, but Chase does mention that he couldn't slow Pat down. Have you checked the hospitals? <laughs> of course he's checked the hospitals. He's a sheriff. That's the first thing he did. Yeah, sure. But when he's a kid, you know, he's just trying yeah. to be a helpful guy. <laughs> right. <laughs> and uh, he asks, well, what about the rest of the kids? Because, you know, maybe one of them knows. knows. Where yeah. can I get a hold of them? Maybe they know something. Chuck and Rich have gone to Easton. So we know that there's somewhere. Easton's a real place in East Texas. So I was going to say it is pretty this... close to Dallas, too, I think. Isn't it? I'm not sure. I think so. It's pretty far east. How far east is is Dallas? Uh, it's not really that far east, honestly. I mean, it's more Easton central. is like right up in the Easton is right up in the eastern corner of Texas because mm. I looked because I looked it up, not because I just happened to know that. Oh, they want to check with the Wheel Cats about next Saturday night's platter party. So they're planning a platter party for next Saturday night, and I guess the Wheel Cats are a band. I uh, guess so. A plat boys and girls a platter party refers to vinyl records. They're planning a dance, but they keep they refer to it as a platter party the whole time because apparently the slang. <laughs> the goal I think the goal is not just to dance, but to listen to some new records. Yeah. And they're gonna dance they're gonna dance while they do that. But <laughs> I think by calling it a platter party, the implication is that the music is the most important part, not the dancing. Mm-hmm. And so the sheriff is like, platter party? Well, no drag race. And tell the kids that I will be patrolling that stretch of the road next Saturday night. And uh, postcards? Let me know. Yeah, he says, yeah. Um, you, let me, you let me know if those kids send you postcards, uh, Pat and Liz. Oh, right. Yes. And yes, I wrote, good Pat thing you Liz. told the kids about postcards, but for the new kids <laughs> listening. Uh, I'm not going to explain what postcards are again. Good. They can go back and listen to the old episodes if they don't know what a postcard is or Google it. So then the sheriff goes to check with Liz's parents because they don't have a phone. So he has to drive over there to check in with them. Mm-hmm. And they are very, they are very nice. Yeah. Much nicer than Mr. Wheeler. And they appreciate that the sheriff's out looking for him. The father tries to pretend like he's not worried, but the mother's like, oh yeah, that's why you were up pacing around all last night. Yeah. And, uh, but they think the sheriff, they don't think they've eloped because uh, Pat is of a higher social status than they are. And people like the Wheelers don't marry folks like us. But I don't think, I don't think Pat himself, well, we don't know because he died two seconds after we (laughs) met him. (laughs) But possibly Pat wouldn't care about that. Uh, and then they're like, oh, well, thanks, Sheriff. And they go back in and the father starts mumbling. Uh, now, don't worry. We just got to trust in the Lord and pray. Yeah. Uh, that's not going to do you any good. Your child is already dead. Womp, womp, womp. And Harris, old man Harris drives by and just stops. Oh, my gosh. So this the is sheriff... so random. <laughs> Is this the, is the this sheriff. how breathalyzers worked in 1959? In the old days, yes, because they didn't have an actual. The sheriff just leans over and says, "Let me smell your breath," and he breathes, and he's like, "All right." Yeah. And then I didn't notice this the first time. 
as soon as the sheriff turns around, he picks up a bottle and takes a drink out of it. <laughs> so either he was already drinking and the sheriff just didn't think he smelled bad enough. Right. Or he was waiting till he passed the sheriff. He knows he knew he might run into the sheriff and was going to wait till he checked his breath. Remember when alcoholism and drunk driving was funny? <laughs> Hello, Apparently no. it was in 1959 because <laughs> all of the alcoholism and drunk driving is played for laughs in this movie. Yeah. Neither neither of those things are funny. Except when they are. So <laughs> Yeah, except when the cops like, "Hey, let me smell your breath." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh yeah, he takes a drink and then drives off. Back at the garage, <laughs> Chase and his boss establish Chekhov's nitroglycerin. Yes. Uh, which I didn't understand in the beginning. I was like, why is, why are we doing this? What is this about? But of course we're going to use the nitroglycerin. Oh, that makes perfect sense. Yes. No, no. As soon as he starts talking about the nitroglycerin, I was like, oh, okay, that's how we're going to defeat the giant Gila monster. This yes. is Chekhov's nitroglycerin. <laughs> the boss talks about how he just came back. He picked up this shipment of nitroglycerin. He's holding on it for somebody. And he was afraid to travel more than five miles an hour. And Chase is like, uh, oh, yeah, I made some money blowing something up for somebody with some of that stuff. I made 100 bucks last summer with that stuff. He's like, it's fine as long as you keep it in the case, in the nitro case. <laughs> and his boss says, well, I took these jars out of the case. Yeah. And he's like, you did what? <laughs> It's a good thing you're alive. Let me go put that stuff in the shed. So he goes and gets it and puts it in the shed so that we all know where it is <laughs> later in the movie. Yeah, Chase is such uh, a badass. He really is. Yeah. Uh, so that was the Mr. Compton. That was Mr. Compton. So he right. owns the garage slash gas station where Chase works. And mm. they also run a wrecking service, a, a tow truck service that comes into play several times in the movie and the phone rings so this is a thing that's not going to make sense to younger viewers they their phone is on a party line have we discussed party lines before i don't think so kids in the old days in my mother's time not in my time <laughs> but you'll see this a lot in old movies not here as we saw liz's parents don't have a phone some people that did have phones especially in rural areas like this, might share a phone line. It's called a party line. And you could listen in on someone else's phone call if they were on your same line. So the phone rings and Mr. Compson says, that's not our ring. So apparently anybody on the party line would hear the ring, but it would ring in a different way depending on who the call was for. Mm -hmm. There might be an operator who has to actually put this call through and then they I don't know who controls the ring, but if there's an operator, they might do it. But uh, Chase knows, no, that's not our ring. That's the sheriff's ring. Right. And Chase Chase is always working on his Chase is supporting his mother and sister, and he's always working the angles, so he knows that if the sheriff's getting a call, it could be a wreck, and we want to get our tow truck out there before any of the city tow trucks get out there. So he does this thing where you hold down the thing, the, the little receiver thing, and pick up, you hold down the, uh, whatever it's called, little handle, 
pick up the receiver and then slowly let it up so that the person might not realize someone else is listening in. Of course, the sheriff does realize. Sneaky, sneaky. So he, so you'll see this kind of thing all the time in old movies with somebody picking up another extension to listen to another a call somewhere else in the house mm-hmm. or to listen to another call on a party line. But he hears somebody has called into the sheriff to say that 12 miles beyond the old red schoolhouse, there's a car in a ditch. So, and then there's this weird thing about where is the wrecker? And Compton says, I use the A-frame to build a rock garden at my house. Yeah. And I don't know what that, I'm like, you took the A-frame off the wrecker or you were just lifting rocks with it? I don't know what he's talking about, but he's like, you get out there and I'll go get our wrecker and we'll get there before any of the city wreckers get there. Chase beats the sheriff there. Yeah. We cut to the wreck and Chase is already there when the sheriff comes driving up. (laughs) And they're trying, there's nobody, there's nobody in, so this is a different car. This is not. Yeah. um, Pat Pat and Liz. And Liz's car. This is a different guy. Yeah. It appears that the Gila monster not only knocks cars off the road, but then he eats the people in the car. Yeah. And leaves no, maybe maybe some blood, but nothing else behind. <laughs> eats them whole. Uh, shoes and all. Yep. Like a little cricket. Yep. They're trying to figure out what happened. And Chase notices that the tire marks are at a right angle. The skid marks are at a right angle to the car. And we know this is because the car was driving along and then suddenly... The Gila monster must have smashed it to the side, but they can't figure out why that would have happened. There is some blood in the car, but no body. And then there's a conversation about headlights. Mm -hmm. And has Chase fixed his headlights? So basically, (laughs) Chase Chase is driving this old jalopy that has bare tires. It doesn't have a hood over the engine, which you might do on purpose with a hot rod. Or you might just have a piece of shit car that doesn't have a hood over the engine. He's driving some like a Model A or something, kind of one of these 30-year-old cars I was talking about. And the sheriff asks him if he got that headlight fixed. And he's like, yeah, did you get? are they both working well? No. Well, you got a screwdriver, don't you? I don't think the insurance company would. This car's totaled. The insurance company won't care if you switch the headlights. He yes. tells Chase, steal this headlight. <laughs> Yeah, but he, but it's not just like, hey, steal this. He, there's a whole conversation where he's like, how many times have I told you to get this fixed? And he's like, twice. Yeah. He's like, well, they're only $4. And he's like, yeah, but I'm getting these braces right. for Missy, my sister, and I don't, yep. and it's t- now I'm broke. I didn't. So then he's like, okay, I, like, I know you're helping your family and you're, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, take yeah. the headlight. He's not like, just like, Still the headlight no, no, no. He's not being he's not being corrupt. He is he's just being practical because yes, this yeah. car is totaled. The insurance company is going to pay for it. Why let this headlight go to waste? And it's not safe for you to be driving around with one headlight. So right. you may you know if this headlight goes missing, no one's going to care. <laughs> yeah. Which is how the sheriff is always doing. Their sheriff's always trying to do the right thing, mm-hmm. whether or not it may be the legal thing. He's trying to do the right thing. Yeah. Uh, I wrote down about Missy's leg braces. I wrote down polio. Um, I did not look up when the polio vaccine came out, but it is quite possible that that's why she needs leg braces because because uh, she had polio. And because I watched this movie twice, I realized that the music that's playing underneath this this scene is actually the song that we're going to hear in a little bit. Oh, nice! The the mushroom song. Yes, they're they're uh, hinting at the song to come. By using that theme. We go from ah to ah. 
yes, we cut to Compton driving the tow truck, and at 17 minutes and 37 seconds, Gila! Gila! We get a we get a proper look at the at the at the Gila at the Gila monster. <laughs> Sorry, the truck passes a hitchhiker with a suitcase. A, a very fancy, very well dressed hitchhiker, I might add. Yes, yes. He's wearing a suit. He's wearing a full. He's wearing a suit, and he has what looks like a brand new suitcase. And he sets it down to when when he doesn't get picked up. He sets it down to smoke a cigarette, and the Gila monster gets him. And we see the same the, foot crush footage from yes, Pat and Liz. It appears to be the exact same shot of the foot coming down towards the camera. Yeah. From the opening. And the suitcase is just left there standing. And uh, back at the wreck, the sheriff has found out that the car was stolen out of state, but the plates were stolen in state. So maybe the driver just took off. Mm-hmm. Maybe the driver drove into the ditch for whatever reason. And because they had stolen the car, left. We know that's not the case, but it's a reasonable thing for them to suppose. Right. And the sheriff wants to take some pictures of the skid marks and wants Chase Chase to stand by him for, for scale. On the way home, Chase sees the suitcase by the side of the road and stops. And then the sheriff's right behind him. So he stops and they talk about what the hell's with this suitcase. It's just sitting here, standing upright. There's a Doesn't weird... look like it fell off. There's no scuffs on it. There's a weird edit here, though, with the coloring in of the black and white where Chase is driving home and it's daytime. But when he sees the briefcase and gets out of the car, it is nighttime. Yeah, there's a few times when I don't think it's the only time when things don't quite match up and it's a little unclear what time of day it's supposed to be. (laughs) But they decide that the uh, the sheriff finds the cigarette butt and they decide it can't belong to the car thief because he wouldn't have hung around long enough to smoke a cigarette. He would have just been booking it out of there. Mm-hmm. So the sheriff takes the, you know, someone will show up for it. He takes the, the suitcase and the Gila monster is watching them this whole time. So he must be full having just eaten the guy in the car not long ago because he just watches them. Gives them a little, a little hiss and rattle. Yeah. But they don't see him. <laughs> yeah. We get this really funny shot, too, of the Gila monster where it's like just his face and because we can only see one eye, it just looks like he kind of like winks, like, hey, hey I will be back, <laughs> Hello, motherfuckers. <laughs> uh, and then Chase meets Lisa at Wheeler's. He's mad at her for dating Chase because he's still blaming Chase for all of his problems mm-hmm. and has threatened her immigration status. Apparently, he put up a bond for her to come to the country and work. Mm-hmm. Chase assures her this is not a problem because that was just to ensure that she would not become a ward of the state and she can now that she can speak English and stuff, she can get a job anywhere and, and he's basically don't let him push you around. Next day, a drunk runs off the road after seeing the Gila monster cross the road. <laughs> and fortunate so this is more alcoholism and drunk driving being amusing because this whole <laughs> bit is played for humor. Yeah. Chase just happens along as this and sees the guy uh, off the road. And we find out his name is Horatio Alger Smith. <laughs> Chase, this whole thing, it is pretty funny. It is funny. Uh, the guy keeps calling him dad, even though he's, it's 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 his slang. He He's clearly several years older than Chase, probably about 10 years older than him, but he keeps calling Chase dad. Uh, it's kind of like daddy-o, but just dad. 
and Chase hooks the car up to the wrecker, and then the <laughs> drunk gets in and tries to drive. <laughs> And he's like, you can't drive. The fender's bent into the wheel. Never mind the fact that you're stinking drunk. And he's like, still trying to drive. And he's honking the horn at him. And Chase is like, what? And he's like, uh, move over. I'm trying to pass. <laughs> yeah. And there's just this whole comedy routine that they do. Folks, just watch the movie. I'm not, I don't want to tell you the whole thing. I don't want to just, even though I am telling you the whole thing. It's it's all it's pretty funny, even though they're making light of alcoholism and drunk driving. Yeah. And then later, Chase is singing while banging on a fender at the at the garage and the drunk wakes up in the back room. He's been sleeping it off on a cot and Smith seems to like what he's hearing. He likes the song. There's a couple of songs in this movie. I did not care for this one. I think this is like, I thought this one was cute, uh-huh. but I, he j- I didn't really like any of the songs, to be honest. Oh, really? He just, see this is, it's uh, my, my baby, she rocks and rolls and rocks whenever she walks and talks and sings when she swings. And it's, it just seems like he is making it up on the spot because <laughs> it doesn't quite work as a song. But Smith gives a little bit of a look like, hmm, this kid can sing. Uh, but then comes out and complains about him banging and making all the noise. And he does not remember at all how he got there or what happened or anything. He's wearing a tuxedo, by the way. So he's been at some kind of very fancy party, apparently, where he got just rip-roaring drunk. <laughs> and he asked Chase what he owes him. And he's like, two bucks? Oh, Chase, two it's bucks. It's weird. Yeah, that's the thing. Chase needs money. His family needs money, but he also is a good guy and doesn't want to screw somebody over. Yeah, because he was like, I was already on my way in that direction. Right. So it was no problem yeah. to tell you. Exactly. I just, I was heading this way anyway. No big deal. And the guy's like, oh, really? He's like, okay, three bucks. Lala, I love him. He gives him his card and is like, if you, uh, and some and some money and is like, if you're ever in the city, Look me up. Thanks for everything. Uh, Chase has already fixed the, gotten the fender out of the wheel so he can, he can drive. And as he, he leaves and Chase looks at the card and says, Steamroller Smith, and then notices that the bills are two $20 bills. Steamroller Smith is a, is a DJ, he's a disc jockey. And he starts to call after him, but the guy's already gone. So yeah, he got way more than the three bucks he was asking. He got $40. 40 bucks. I was so happy. I was so happy for Chase right now. <laughs> Him holding that 40 bucks. Yeah. Um, which is not not a small amount of money in 1959. No, especially if he was asking for two. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, not when you can buy a car for 150 bucks, apparently. Seriously. Some car for that. Uh, later, the sheriff checks in, still looking for Pat and Liz. And Chase offers to put together a search party tomorrow (laughs) they are very low-key about these missing kids because if this happened these days there would have already been a search party two days ago yeah everybody in town and everybody who's who the radio station could reach would be out beating those woods but they're just like yeah i can ask for the day off work tomorrow and get some of the guys to go help which I also, on this part where he's like, Chase, I need your help, and is talking about the search party, I was like, 
thinking, is this a Philo? Because not fucking much has actually happened in this movie. Right. Now, it, it, isn't, it isn't really because everything that does happen just happens in this one little community. Right. It's It's all happening to them right there. He's not being like the guys in them who were just a couple of local dudes are suddenly being dragged all over the damn country <laughs> to deal with this issue. It's just this is where it's happening and we're the only there's only 10 people in this town. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so in this county, it's not even a town in the county. So, no, I don't think this really counts as a philo when it just is in your neighborhood. Right. Yeah. Uh, and he talks about he might need Chase to testify about the skid marks because headquarters isn't believing him or somebody. Mm-hmm. And when he pulls up, Chase is stealing the tires off of the car that they found in the ditch. Yeah. Eesh. Which, and the sheriff is like, hey, now, well, like, but, but you already told him to take the headlights. Yeah. And and his tires are bare. And he points out that, look, the tires are just going to rot on that. But if I'm driving them, it's going to save lives because I won't be driving on bare tires. So, yeah, he's salvaging uh, parts off of the car. Which he says, uh, he says to take good care of them in case the owner comes back for them. True, true. And uh, later tries to defend it as, well, somebody owed him money for towing that car <laughs> and he didn't think he'd be able to collect on it. So uh, the next day, the kids have been searching the roads and they're now going to search the ravine. So it, roll up it's, with uh, the crew, it, search party. Right. The search party of four people in two cars. <laughs> Gordy and Jeannie are in their car and Chase and Lisa are in his car and Gila makes an appearance, but the kids don't see him. Chase and Lisa are going to start on one end of the ravine and Gordy and Jeannie on the other. And uh, as they're walking along, Chase says it looks like an animal drags something along here. Chase drinks some ravine water just off the ground. And he's like, oh, that doesn't taste very good. Like, no shit. That's... That's very bitter. It must have a lot of mineral in it. And like, yeah, and some dirt and stuff. Too. It's not like a, it's not a flowing river. I've drank water out of a river. Sure. A nice, clean river. No, this is more like a puddle on the ground. <laughs> and he wants to know if Liz, Liz, you want some water? <laughs> She's being creeped out by the whole vibe of the area, though, and wants to go. And the she, I guess she can just sense that this Gila monster is watching them. Yeah, which they try to make the the Gila monster look bigger in this moment when when it's like walking through the little by putting sound effects that would if it was big that it would make. But it still just looks like a tiny lizard with sound effects. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but the Gila monster watches them kiss and I wrote creep (laughs) and uh, Gordy honks. They and they they leave. The Gila monster is thwarted because it does seem like maybe he was the music and stuff is trying to make us think that they're in danger. Mm -hmm. But I did not feel like they were in danger at any point. (laughs) I didn't really feel like the it was about to get them because we've seen him before just sitting there watching. (laughs) But I think that's what they were trying to tell us. But they leave and Gila is thwarted. He will not get to eat them. Gordy has found Pat's car, but it's empty. So let's go get the wrecker. Mm-hmm. And they later there, the boys are hooking the car up to the wrecker and Lisa's still being creeped out. And 
thinks there's a noise. Yeah, is this the Maybe first time that we've heard Jenny talk? Because I feel like I was not ready for this she, accent. She, <laughs> she said something very briefly in the diner earlier, but it, very quietly. We don't quite hear it. Yeah. She kisses her finger and holds it up for Chase to kiss, like for luck or something. It, it It's not quite clear what happens at that moment and why. But we... Don't get, yeah, she is clearly from Texas when everybody else could be from. Well, one person is clearly from France and Jeannie is clearly from Texas mm-hmm. and everybody else has a fairly neutral, just basic Midwestern movie accent. Mm-hmm. But uh, she thinks maybe it was just a landslide. A little rock slide. That, yeah. Yes. But we see Gila is lurking. Chase has uh, Lisa turn on the winch and they get the car out and all the time Gila is getting closer. And this is, this is a slightly sexist condescending moment from Chase where he's like, you did fine, honey. Like it's a big deal that she, that a woman turned on a winch, but, but we'll let it slide because he's a pretty nice guy. All around. <laughs> and then, yeah, Gordy lifts Jenny or Jeannie, depending on who's saying her name into the car <laughs> again. And he was kind of like, ah, oh, rats, they got away. <laughs> so they have totally uh, destroyed all kinds of evidence by just pulling the car out of the ravine before the authorities could come look. Because mm-hmm. they're kids and they're dumb. Uh, they get to the garage and the girls drive off. The girls get in Gordy's car and they're like, see you later, guys. <laughs> have fun. That's sure why. Figure it out. And the, sher- the sheriff arrives and... I think Gordy, when he sees the sheriff arrive, is like, well, I'm out of here, too. Bye. So maybe the girls are in Chase's car and Gordy drives off in his car. Anyway, uh, they're noticing how this car is smashed up like the other car was. Mm -hmm. And they do a lot of speculation, but don't know, still don't know anything that's going on. And the sheriff's like, oh, I wish you'd called me first before you destroyed all the evidence. Whoopsie. My bad. Yep. Yep. Also, at some point dread... in this, sheriff, the sheriff says sedan for when he's talking about the car like a sedan. He's like, oh, oh it's, yeah, it's a sedan. I was like, damn. A okay. <laughs> but he dreads uh, telling Wheeler he's going to raise Ned. And where's Compton? Uh, well, he went to the field with the fuel for with fuel oil and he'll be back in two or three hours. Mm-hmm. Cut to Compton driving a big old oil truck. <laughs> <laughs> and the Gila just tongue flicks the truck right over and it instantly bursts into flames. Wah, wah. Later, Chase gets home and mom wants to surprise him with something. This is the first time we're seeing his mother. Mm-hmm. We've heard about him. Uh, wants to surprise him with Missy's leg braces. He had mentioned earlier that, uh, that when you were talking, you, you talked about it, the $4 that he didn't have because he put down a down payment on her leg braces. Mm-hmm. Unbeknownst to him, Lisa has gone and paid off the rest of the braces and brought them home. And Missy has been practicing all day hmm. and wants to show Chase how well she can walk. And then I love this whole scene. It's very heartwarming. So she walks a few steps and then falls and then is like, no, no, I can do it. I can get up and gets up and walks a few more steps and falls. And then she's disappointed because she's been practicing all day and I wanted to do it right for you. And she did it right twice when he wasn't there. Yeah. 
Yeah, but that's why, because she wore herself out. Practicing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, but Chase uh, tells her, you know, he, he picks her up and is like, that was great. And he wants, and he's going to cheer her up with a song. <laughs> oh, God. And I love this song. The Sad Little Mushroom. <laughs> this, uh, this song is ridiculous and awesome. <laughs> There was a mushroom, sad little mushroom. There was a meadow, ready to cry. There was a sparrow, gray little sparrow. There was an eagle, silent and high. And the Lord said, laugh, children laugh. The Lord said, laugh, children laugh. The Lord said, laugh. I will say during the song, like while he's singing the song, the mom looks bored as fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Like the, like Missy is happy. Lisa is happy. They're both looking at him and smiling. And mom is just like a snoozing. Like she's about to pass out. He, uh, he accompanies himself on a, on a ukulele. It's a banjo body ukulele. So cute. And uh, this song, though, doesn't make any sense. The sad little mushroom. Well, the second and the second verse and the bridge, he appears to be talking about like the Garden of Eden. But the first verse (laughs) is just some random stuff. And I've I've been writing verses to this song all week. Oh just in God. my head, thinking of different because you can just put in any nonsense and it makes as much sense as what he's saying. Oh, I can't wait to hear this. He sings there. There was a mushroom, a sad little mushroom. There was a meadow ready to cry. There was a sparrow, <laughs> a gray little sparrow. There was an eagle, silent and high. <laughs> and the chorus, folks, is and the Lord said, "Laugh, children, laugh." <laughs> so here's my verse. There was a wombat, a serious wombat. And there was a groundhog with a tear in his eye. And there was a bathtub, an obdurate bathtub. There was a bullfrog, sober and dry. And the Lord said, laugh. Children laugh. The Lord said, laugh. Children laugh. The Lord said, laugh. Children laugh. The Lord said, laugh. Laugh, laugh. Now you tell me that his verse made any more sense than mine did. No, it really didn't. It absolutely didn't. And I will say the first time that he sings this, which is now, I was like, kind of like, ah, yay. (laughs) But then the next time that he sings it, I was just like, okay, dude, like, God damn it. Like, I really don't want to hear this song again. It's not as great the second Uh, time. (laughs) I do want to say I haven't got to that part of the movie yet, but in the remake... Gila exclamation point. There is a special appearance by Don Sullivan. Is there an old, old, yeah, I haven't watched that scene yet, but he would be an old man in 2012. And And apparently somebody, I'm assuming him sings the mushroom song. Oh my gosh. I have to see it. The thing about this remake is though, that as we've said, everybody in this movie is fairly likable. Everybody in the remake is kind of an asshole. No. Yeah, it's not 
it's not. And the Gila Monster is a very low budget 2012 CGI Gila Monster. Ew. So even though, yes, they just built a little set and threw an actual lizard onto it, it looks better than this CGI piece of crap that is in the new newer version. Damn. Yeah. And then the scene kind of turns into an episode of Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. <laughs> As Missy says, laughing's important, it is, isn't it, Chase? And just the whole tone kind of sounds like, to me... <laughs> Like Mr. Rogers. Like, it seems a little presentational. Yeah, I could see that. But then it's time for Missy to go to bed. She's had a big day. And there's a nice moment between Chase and Lisa where he talks, you know, she paid for the braces while he wasn't looking. And she was like, yeah, I was worried when you got that 40 bucks that you were going to beat me to it. So she was planning this. And he's like, "Uh, well, I'm going to pay you back. No, no, you're not. And then the sheriff calls about a wrecked oil truck. And he's like, oh, no, it couldn't be Mr. Compton. But of course it's Mr. Compton. And he tells, I got to go. There's a wreck and it might be Mr. Compton. (laughs) And who also just seems like a nice guy. And I'm sad that he is now burnt to a crisp. (laughs) Chase meets the sheriff. Tasty little burned snack. Yeah. (laughs) Chase meets the sheriff and old man Harris, who apparently spotted the truck and called it in. And they have to take Chase's car because the sheriff has a sore foot. They're all about to drive back. Uh, no, he meets them and they're going to drive out to the wreck together. But Chase noticed the sheriff's car has a flat. So they, they, the three of them pile into <laughs> old man Harris sits between Chase and the sheriff and kind of puts his arms around both of them. Yeah. And Chase says, uh, can I open this thing up? And the sheriff's like, yes. And so he gets to legally speed down the highway in his souped up jalopy and they find the burning truck but compton is not in it i'm finding this hard to believe that because how quickly and instantly and completely the truck burst into flame i don't know how the gila monster was able to get in there and eat the body that would have been burned and fairly inedible (laughs) Nah, he was like, it was a cooked, it was a cooked body. He was yep. like, ooh, yep. I never have barbecue. Meat. And then the sheriff and old man Harris do a comedy routine uh, where, so Harris didn't see the wreck. A guy came into the diner and told Harris about it. And then the Harris called the sheriff, but they do a whole little vaudevillian comedy routine about it. <laughs> but at this point, the sheriff still thinks Pat and Liz could have eloped. But why would Compton go missing? Why is his body not in the truck? Mm-hmm. And then says, I think to Chase, he's like, look, just between you and me, there's been a lot of livestock missing lately. But now it's people and there's the same skid marks again. And just what batters a car around like a toy, which I thought was funny. Because me too. <laughs> it was a toy <laughs> that got thrown off the road and burst into flame later gordy and another kid talk about getting uh getting the barn ready for the platter party and they hear on the radio steamroller smith and that he will be hosting the platter party and they say oh that's why chase has been gone all day so this is the next day yeah this is i think it's saturday by this point because the platter party is going to be that night Oh, and here I want to mention that uh, the guy playing Smith 
is a real disc jockey. Oh, cool! From the Dallas, from the Dallas area, probably. I can't remember if I read this or not, but I'm going to guess that he worked at one of McClendon's uh, yeah, radio radio stations. Yeah. He also says on the and, radio, like when he's like signing off, he says, I'll flatten you. And I was like, whoa, <laughs> <laughs> what sort of sort of foreshadowing is this? Yeah. Uh, and then Harris is drunk driving again and sings a little song about wanting a divorce. And here is where I want to point out that uh, Shug Fisher, who plays old man Harris, was a member of the Sons of the Pioneers. Sons of Pioneers? Sons of the Pioneers. They were a singing group, a rather popular singing group uh, back in the day in the 40s, 30s, 40s, 50s. Uh, So a lot of his earlier movie appearances were as a member of the Son of the Pioneers. Wow. In like Roy Roy Rogers movies and stuff. They sang, I guess what you would call Western music. You might be familiar with their two biggest hits, which are uh, Tumble and Tumbleweeds and Cool Clear Water. Mm. Those are those are songs you may or listeners out there. Those were their two biggest hits. And you you may have heard them, even if you're not into that kind of music. Maybe. Uh, go go look them up on YouTube later. Cool. Uh, so anyway, he's he's, you know, making use of his. The, it's probably not an accident that they wanted him to sing a little song here because he was in the Sun, Sons of the Pioneers. And then, so throughout this movie, there's been a concern about the teenagers drag racing. <laughs> and there's also been talk of the teens wanting to buy Mr. Harris's car so they can turn it into a hot rod. But apparently, old man Harris is the person we should be concerned about because he is drunk driving and then he hears a train whistle and decides to race the train. <laughs> yeah. And he says, uh, come on, Tessie Bell, let's go. <laughs> and he and this is a, this is a thing people have done. I don't think anybody does it anymore, but it's a thing that dumbasses would do. He races the train to the train crossing. Oh and God! That's... Turns at turns and crosses in front of the train. Ugh! Just before it gets to the crossing, and the engineer sees this happening and kind of covers his eyes, but he made it because his car is pretty fucking fast. And then we see the Gila monster crossing under the bridge up ahead, and he wrecks it just before the train gets there. So the train crashes into the ravine. This is a rather small bridge. It's just going over a little ravine. But it doesn't take much to crash a, a train. Um, <laughs> yeah, but... no shit. And we, so a toy train our drives into lots a ditch. Of lady screams. Yeah. There's a lot of screams as this train crashes. And uh, Harris turns his car around and, and sees all this and sees the the monster and the heel monster so it's crossed under the bridge wrecked it and then once the train crashes it turns around and goes back to the train and presumably starts eating people yep we we don't we don't actually see it do that but we know it's been eating people out of everything else that it's wrecked so and there's even more screams as it sticks its nose into the train <clears throat> so yeah at this point uh I don't think I can say it's 47 people. It could be any number of people. We have no idea how many people were on this train. Yeah. And how many of them didn't make it. Cut to the sheriff on the phone about the train wreck, and he questions Harris about the wreck. 
So apparently he drove to the sheriff's office to tell him what happened. Harris is still drunk and starts to ramble. Uh, the sheriff just wants the facts. The Harris is rambling. And the sheriff says, I ask you what time it is and you tell me how to build a clock. <laughs> and then he's like, give me your keys. Go lock yourself up. And he's insisting. What does he want? A sobriety test? I have no idea. He's insisting he's not drunk, but he can't pronounce sobriety correctly. <laughs> and then he goes to lock himself up, but takes takes the bo- uh, the sheriff takes the bottle from him. And he asks, do you want me to call your wife? And he's like, oh, are you hell no. crazy? <laughs> <laughs> Harris kind of reminds me of this uh, bar sheriff... regular I had named Barry. And he was like this guy. He just kind of reminds me of him because he was super nice, but just kind of super goofy. And he was from Louisiana. So he kind of already, you know, had that like mumble a little bit. So even uh, when he yeah. wasn't drinking, he kind of had the same, he kind of sounded like Harris. <laughs> <laughs> sounded drunk even when he wasn't drunk? Yeah, he sounded, because um, he had like a, a strange mumble. Like he, he didn't open his mouth very wide uh, to talk. A lot of people from Louisiana, they talk like, like that, you know? It's like Boomhauer? Like who? On King of the Hill? Boomhauer? Oh, Boomhauer. <laughs> I didn't hear you. You cut out. <laughs> Uh, at Chase's place, mom gets home. She's been driving Chase's car. Chase is getting ready and singing that damn song, uh, the baby, my baby, she rocks song as he's combing his hair. He's, he's all dressed up. And mom is like, what the hell did you do to that car? I put down the, I put my foot on the gas and that was two blocks down the road before I knew what was happening. And, uh, Missy comes in carrying a big old suitcase She's going to spend the night at the Blackwells. Mm-hmm. Chase is like, where Where are you going? <laughs> she would like a ride to the Blackwells. And Chase teases her and acts at first like, well, it's kind of out of my way. No, of course I'll take you. And then the sheriff calls Chase. I, I don't know. Is the sheriff secretly Chase's father? I don't know. The sheriff, <laughs> his first instinct is to always call Chase, Chase. like he's the only other competent person in town that he can talk to or maybe i don't know but he calls chase to ask if he still has a book about reptiles <laughs> and how did how does i don't know how does he know he has the book when did this come up in the past you know maybe he, he bought him the day? book or did he call maybe or did he call the library and they were like oh uh somebody has that book <laughs> checked out uh it's chase is it real it's really an emergency he's like well it's chase winstead oh okay i'll call chase and see if he's still got it i don't know but, you know, it's not a proper city, so he can't just go to the bookstore and get one. But I remember Chase had one. Anyway, yeah, Chase will bring it by on his way to the platter party after he drops off Missy. At the office, the sheriff tells him, I've been talking to a, ze- a zoologist about Gila's and pituitary glands. So at this point, because all the testimony from the train and Harris, they understand that there's a giant Gila. Yeah, monster. I was really confused as to, I was like, wow, he just comes right out and says it. He already knows what it is. There was like, no, usually we get some sort of like, what is it? Well, I found this specimen. We have to test it or, you know, anything. It was just like, all of a sudden they were like, nope, do you have that book on right. reptiles? It's a Gila monster. Yeah. They, they, they go from knowing nothing to knowing everything <laughs> yeah. because somebody finally saw it and survived. Yeah. Although he does say, so uh, he does say, oh, you know, I did pull this drunk off the road. He said something about a big pink and black thing crossing the road, but I thought he was just drunk. They finally put all the pieces together. Uh, but he talks about uh, pituitary glands and how a change of diet can throw it off. 
and either make it go into overdrive or or suppress it. You either get giants or you get dwarves. And yeah, here's you mentioned this earlier. Talks about a baby in Russia <laughs> or Ukraine weighing 130 pounds at birth. Yeah, and being taller than and his I wrote, mother. I at 10 months it was taller than its mother. And I wrote what? <laughs> I wrote LMAO. I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> I did not look, I meant to look this up to see what was the largest baby or largest birth weight ever recorded. So I don't know if this is a thing that actually did happen once or just an exaggeration of a thing that happened once. There's no way that this happened. There's no way there was a 130 pound baby. Yeah. I'm thinking maybe there was a 30 pound baby and somehow this got. No fucking way. I just love that there's a giant baby in another city somewhere in this movie, but we don't have to deal with it or see it. Cough, cough, colossal man, cough. The Guinness World Record for the heaviest baby to survive infancy belongs to a boy weighing 22 pounds, 8 ounces. Dang. Born in Italy in 1955. Yeah, so. So. 130 pounds. uh, That's crazy. Not even 30 pounds. Definitely not 130. Yeah. So I don't know if that was somebody, the writer misremembering something, or they just made that up out of nothing. Yeah, they probably just know. made it up to make it like, oh, but the sh- yeah, giants yeah. are a normal thing. <laughs> the sheriff remember that uh, big ass baby. Thinks it could happen here. <laughs> so they have finally started putting all the pieces together, and then the sheriff says, uh, "I shouldn't have told you until after the party." <laughs> Because I don't want to spoil your party. So don't tell anyone. There's no reason to cause a panic. Just try to have fun. Try and forget it now. Have fun. Yeah. Cut to the party. Which is another awkward apartment made into a dance floor. (laughs) Yes. This is supposed to be a barn that the two guys spent the day cleaning up for the platter party. But... It is very crowded. It may or may not be a barn, but they have crammed everybody in town into, or everybody in the county, into this barn. There, It's full of teenagers dancing. Old Man Harris is there, too. I, which, I think which, everybody what, has come. why? I was like, why is Old Man Harris here? Because he doesn't like his wife, and the kids are the only friends he has. He's Old Man Harris because there is nobody else in the vicinity who is his age, <laughs> other than perhaps his wife who he sings songs about divorcing when he's drunk and doesn't want to tell that he's going to not be home tonight because I have been arrested for public drunkenness. So he would rather hang out with these kids who always compliment him on how great his car is. (laughs) So that's obviously why he's there. I guess that makes sense. Also, we paid to get Shug Fisher, so by God, we're going to have Shug Fisher in every scene that we can possibly have him in. But the, the the floor is, everybody is just, the, the kids are all trying to dance, but there is no room to dance. Yeah. They are all just smooshed up against each other as they kind of wiggle around. There's no room for any sort of jitterbugging or anything like that. Yeah. And uh, then me, meanwhile, uh, and, and the music is all the sort of generic rock instrumentals that I mentioned earlier. I read that the producer let, Don Sullivan pick out the music. Oh. But I'm thinking that would appeal to teens. But I don't think he that means he let him pick any song. I think it was from this available catalog of stock music, 
which would be the best songs to use. (laughs) From these generic instrumental pieces that you hear in these sort of low-budget movies, what would be the best ones to use? Yeah. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. We cut to a meanwhile with Wheeler chewing out the sheriff for covering for Chase. Wheeler has Wheeler has is obsessed with Chase and has noticed that there are new wheels on his car and there are wheels missing from the other car (laughs) and accuses the sheriff of covering for chase and have you heard reports of giant lizard and it's hard to believe the sheriff says it's hard to believe although he's just been talking about how that must be what happened and here's the line you mentioned earlier wheeler says why not there have been giants before (laughs) and i wrote what does he mean dinosaurs or is he talking about something else? Like the baby. Uh, right. I, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, he's, he's totally buying that it's a giant lizard. And that it's possible for a giant lizard. So the sheriff's, even though he was just telling Chase that's what it is and explaining why it might be. Now the sheriff is being skeptical that a giant lizard could be unseen all this time. But um, Wheeler is like, have you ever walked the whole length of uh, Williams Wash is the name of the the area? Uh, No. He's like, do you know anybody that has? No. Like that it's possible a giant lizard could have been living in Williams Wash for years. And I guess it just something happened that uh, it's it's usual food source maybe went away or something. And now it's come, you know, who knows? Who knows why it would have been there for years and is suddenly attacking cars and livestock. But he blames the sheriff for Compton's death. He doesn't blame him for his son's death because that was the first one. But if he'd been doing his job better, Compton wouldn't have gotten killed. And... Then he confronts him about the tires and, and here's where he try he seems acts as if he has the power to fire him mm-hmm. because he says, as your last official act, your last official act of sheriff will be to go arrest chase and I will go along with you arrest him for stealing the tires. And yeah, I wrote by what authority just because he's rich. Who knows? Yeah. Like they, what in the Karen type bullshit is this? Yes, yes. <laughs> they drive to the party, uh, and the party's, uh, I wrote it, it, as I said, it's very crowded. It's hardly room to dance. Harris is there. That's when I noticed Harris was there. Uh, and then Smith is going to debut a new album. I'm going to say that again because I, I don't like how I repeated everything. Uh, at the party, Smith 
is going to debut a new album. And guess who the singer is? Anybody can guess. <laughs> who can, could it be? Can ride my pet elephant in Bengali or something? I don't know. He makes some stupid joke. He plays a little bit of the song. This song, I didn't not only didn't care for, I couldn't remember anything about it. But he plays part of a record. People make some random guesses. Somebody thinks it's Elvis. Lisa knows who it is. It's Chase. Apparently, what? Yes. So apparently, either yesterday or earlier today, when he went to go talk to Smith about playing the party, they laid down a demo track of a third song. And they're going to release this album. I thought this was such a weird thing to add in the end of this movie. It It is, but it is also part of the, are they trying to turn this kid into Elvis? But it, it, Chase has been working hard at the garage to support his sister. And now it seems, it seems like this is a separate movie about a yeah. kid getting a music career because he did a good deed for a famous disc jockey that is just happening on the edges of this monster movie. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, Cause yeah, they've recorded the album. The kids seem to like it and he's going to uh, release it apparently, but he has another song he'd like to sing and it's a little bit of different one, but I liked it. Maybe you'll like it. And he does a reprise of the mushroom song, but he just starts off singing the chorus. He doesn't sing the <laughs> weird. Yeah. Stuff. The Lord said laugh children laugh song isn't as cute this time. <laughs> <laughs> When Missy's not there and it's not to cheer Missy up, I was like, ew. <laughs> it does really bring down the room because everybody was dancing and stuff a minute ago. And now they're all just standing there. <laughs> yeah. Listening to him. They, they, they're they paying attention. Uh, they're not going, oh, Jesus, what is this? But he's just accompanying himself on the uh, ukulele as Gila approaches. Sheriff and Wheeler arrive. And uh, the sheriff's like, hold on, I'll arrest him in a minute. I'm not going to interrupt his fucking song and drag him out in the <laughs> middle of his. I'm not going to arrest him mid song in front of all of his friends. Just cool down a minute, <laughs> you asshole. He says all of that with a gesture, basically. <laughs> and then crash. He like just Kool-Aid mans through the side of the wall. <laughs> and. Uh, either the sheriff or Chase, somebody yells, don't panic, out the back. So everybody gets out the back of the barn. The sheriff shoots. Sheriff just straight click, click, booms that mother yeah, with the shotgun. Yeah. It doesn't seem to actually damage him, but it annoys him enough that he turns around and leaves. Very slowly retreats. Because <laughs> yes. it's an actual lizard. He's not yes. that fast. Although I think no, no, that was a different movie. Never mind. Uh, <laughs> the sheriff's going to go get the troopers. There's a bunch of state troopers down at the train wreck still. So he's going to go get them. And he says, Wheeler, you've been wa- you've been after this. It gives him his badge, pins his badge on him. I'm deputizing you. Keep the kids here. 
don't let them arrest anybody that tries to leave. Because uh, he thinks they'll be safer there where the monster just attacked. <laughs> I guess he thinks it won't come back and attack again. I don't know. And then Chase, go. he and Lisa go to get the nitroglycerin. He's like, I got an idea. Goes to get the nitroglycerin, as I knew he would. Oh, and by yeah, the way. Wrote, his, oh, that makes sense. <laughs> right. <laughs> by the way, at this point, we saw it earlier. At this point, his car is complete. It has yeah. a, it has tires, headlight. It has a hood over the engine now, and, but it's also got a new paint job. So he's got a lot of work. I'm not exactly sure what the time span of this movie is, but it seems to me that it's at least a full week. When they talk about the pl- at the beginning, the platter party next Saturday, I feel like that's got to be Saturday or Sunday of the previous week. <laughs> Just for the, you know, all of the stuff that's not that much has happened, but we keep cutting to like the next day between yeah. things happening. And also at some point he's had time to repaint his car. And record a whole fucking album. So right. Right. Uh, <laughs> and he drove to wherever Smith's, uh, whatever city he, his radio station is out of recorded yeah. a demo and came back. <laughs> maybe that's where, maybe he left the car to get painted while he was in the city recording the mm. album. Maybe he didn't have to paint it himself. <laughs> Saved it a little time. Um, Chase wants Lisa to wait, but she insists on helping. And so he's like, fine, hold the nitro. <laughs> and they pull over where Gila has clearly passed through. And then he notices, good Lord, he's hit the Blackwell house. That's where Missy is. Chase no. runs runs into the house to check, but nobody's home. So runs back to the car and follows the, the trail, goes off road, bouncing around while Le- poor Lisa's trying to keep the nitroglycerin steady. <laughs> and here's where he gets just a little bit bitchy, but he is under a lot of stress. He's like, hold on to that stuff. You want us to blow up? You're the one driving like a maniac. There's only so much I can do. Yeah. <laughs> They but they they cut it they cut across the the grass and and they see Missy and the Blackwells running from the Gila monster and Missy falls and the Blackwells don't seem to notice because they just keep going. Yeah. I was like, least, why the fuck did they leave her? Yeah, I think they just they nobody looks back, so I think they just don't really. But the thing is, though, she's oh, god damn it, she's wearing braces that she just got that week. Possibly yeah, the day before, help. maybe a two, maybe two days before, but maybe just the day before. Unclear. Somebody should have picked her up and been carrying her at this point. She should not be running <laughs> on her own. Mrs. Blackwell should have picked her up, but they don't notice that she's fall, fallen. <laughs> so Lisa grabs Missy, chases, hold her down, uh, lay flat. He drives his car. Now, as I said before. I mostly love this movie right up to this point. Oh. Chase drives the car at the Gila monster, jumps out of the car. The car hits the Gila monster and instantly explodes. And I can't tell if they really blew up the lizard 
But at the <laughs> very least, they ran a toy car right into its face. <laughs> so just within the context of the movie itself, yeah, great ending. But in the context of the production of the movie, were any Gila monsters or Mexican beaded lizards harmed in the production of this movie? I, I kind of had this thought too when he was com- when he was Kool-Aiding, Kool-Aid manning through the wall. Like I was like, how his poor little nose. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure how they achieved that effect. Did somebody just shove him? Hopefully it was just balsa wood on the model and maybe they cut it a little, but yeah, that somebody shoved that guy through, through the barn. So I tried pausing it and, and it was difficult. I couldn't, cause it's possible that they stopped the film, removed the Gila monster and then blew up. Had a little explosion, blew up the car, but I didn't, I couldn't detect any cut. So I'm very much afraid that they may have burned this poor lizard. Mm. And if not killed him, at least uh, hurt him and traumatized him. But I I couldn't find any confirmation of that one way or the other. So I'm a little concerned. (laughs) Um. But anyway, the monster is dead. Everyone is okay, except for the Gila monster. Uh, Missy's upset that she tore her dress, but he's like, I'll buy you a new dress. I'll buy you a hundred new dresses. The sheriff and Wheeler arrived. Uh, arrive. I'll say that again. The sheriff and Wheeler arrive. The sheriff says, what did you hit him with? He says, my brand new 100% completed hot rod. And four four quarts of nitro. (laughs) And the sheriff says the railroad will be glad to buy you a new car. I guess. Yeah. The railroad has put a bounty on the head of the monster that crashed their train. Maybe. I don't know. (laughs) I'm not sure why the rail. I mean, obviously the railroad just lost a train. So they have expenses of their own. But I'm I'm not sure how they're going to end up buying him a new car just because he killed the thing that killed their train. But maybe maybe he, he they'll reward him so yeah. none of their other trains will get destroyed by a Gila monster. And then Wheeler realizes that the sheriff's job is harder than he thought and also realizes that Chase is going to need a new job since Compton is dead. So will you send him around to talk to me in the morning about a job? And he says, I'll bring him over myself. Well, he's going to need to because his car is gone. But I wrote, he won't need it because apparently he's going to have a new music career. I thought it was really weird that Wheeler just like didn't give a shit that his son was dead. He was just like happy that he wasn't a sheriff. Yeah. <laughs> It was just kind of weird. Like, what the yeah, hell? He, like, oh, sorry, guys. I've been a real asshole. Like, yeah, it was weird. Yeah, he I mean, he was he was very angry that the sheriff hadn't found his son, but he never actually grieves for his son. Yeah. He just seems mad that the sheriff hasn't been doing his job. I told you to do something and you haven't done it yet. But as far as assholes go, he's still fairly mild and does sort of apologize 
acknowledges that he was wrong yeah. and wants to do something about it. That's hilarious. Yeah, it seems that uh, Wheeler wants to give him a job, but it, it looks like he's already going to have a job as a musician <laughs> uh, working with uh, Steamroller Smith. So <laughs> one way or another, things are going to – and the railroad's going to buy him a new car. So one way or another, things are going to work out okay for Chase and Yay. his mother and his sister and his French girlfriend. <laughs> Who he who's he's implied he intends to marry uh as soon as feasible. So there you go, folks. The giant gila monster. The giant gila monster, lots of storyline. It was a good movie. I would say it's gonna get a three and a half stars from me. Uh yeah, I also gave it three and a half stars. Nice. Uh, because although I said I loved it, which technically would be five stars, I have to acknowledge that it's not actually a good movie, but it's better than just okay. Yeah, totally. So there you go, folks. I actually do recommend that you watch this movie. I also recommend Uh, that you watch this movie. As I say, it's available all over the place. But try to get the colored and colorized and restored version if you can. So that is going to wrap it up for this episode. Thank you for joining us, everyone. Please. Thanks, everyone. Email us. Uh, email us monstermoviefuntimego at gmail.com. Leave us a voicemail at anchor.fm slash mmftg. Folks, remember to keep calm and take shelter in basements. And please don't misuse science. We will not see you, but you will hear us next time on Monster Movie Funtime Go. Monster Movie Funtime Go. You've been listening to Monster Movie Funtime Go. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and review us on your podcasting platform of choice. Our theme song is by the Texacato folk rock punk featuring Lita Lopez. You can support the show, find links to our social media, and even leave us a voice message at anchor.fm slash mnftg.